that's my secret cat. I'm always angry. <laughs> Run out of patience. On the roof! Hey everyone, Cap Captain, big fan, Spider-Man. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, Peter. Hello and welcome back to to the Infinity Saga, and beyond an MCU fan podcast. Today is our Get to Know Kang the Conqueror episode as we build up to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So let's dive right in. Who is Kang the Conqueror? When was his first appearance? This is where it gets a bit tricky. Since Kang is a time traveler and has gone by many names, it really depends on what first appearance you mean. In 1963, the Fantastic Four faced off against an Egyptian pharaoh named Rama Tut. Well, this had been later retconned to be Kang under one of his many different aliases. That issue, by the way, was Fantastic Four number 19 in uh, October of 1963. In 1964, the Avengers faced off against Kang the Conqueror in Avengers number 8. This was a September release in 1964. This is the official first appearance as Kang, uh, of Kang, as Kang the Conqueror. Some other names you may know him by in the comics. Nathaniel Richards, Iron Lad, Victor Timely, the Scarlet Centurion, Amortis, Chrono Monitor number 616, who's recruited by the TVA, Kang the Conglomerator, and Mr. Gryphon. Gryphon. Now, in the MCU, you may know him from Loki Season 1, Episode 6, He Who Remains, which is not one of his comic counterparts, but was adapted as being one uh, in the Loki series. So, we're getting some fun stuff there, getting in the weeds. So, as we're building up to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania... We're going to be talking about Kang the Conqueror. I just gave you a little brief uh, history of Kang the Conqueror. But where we're going to really go into it is the 2021 miniseries that was five issues of Kang the Conqueror. And I just read it a little bit ago. And it was really good. It really jumped up in my rankings uh for like great one-off things like you don't need to know the whole history this is like you're following this kang this one kang throughout all of his history uh is kind of how this story takes off so hopefully you read it uh it's on marvel unlimited you might be able to find it on hoopla or go to your local comic shop and see if they have the trade paperback because we're going to dive into this here. So if you haven't read it and you are interested, maybe pause now and go backwards and read that and then come back in and join us again. But in many iterations, Nathaniel Richards is a 31st century scholar and a descendant of Reed Richards' time-traveling father, Nathaniel. 
Nathaniel Richards became fascinated with history and discovers the time travel technology created by Victor Von Doom, which is another possible ancestor of his. He then travels back in a time to ancient Egypt and becomes the Pharaoh Rama Tut. This is also where a variant of him is simultaneously recruited by the TVA as Chrono Monitor number 616. But Rama Tut's plan is to claim N. Nur, the mutant who would become known as Apocalypse, as his heir. But he is defeated by the Fantastic Four, and at some point is going to go into the future and take on the Avengers as Kang the Conqueror. So that's just a brief character history. And having that in the back of your mind while you're reading this comic, right, is, I think, a very interesting point because this comic is going to hit this stuff. So if you're not familiar with Kang and you read this issue, you read these five issues, you're learning all the big moments that Kang is known as. They even have, like, nice references to some of these Fantastic Four and Avengers issues. And what I really like about that as a whole is we need more of this stuff, especially Marvel. I feel like Marvel doesn't have this a lot. Like Bat, like for DC, if you want to jump into Batman, you're going to have people tell you to read Year One, The Long Halloween, you know, books like that that can be completely standalone. Where, uh, same thing with Superman. You're going to get told Superman for all, you know, for all seasons, All Star Superman. Stories like that where it's kind of outside of the main continuity and you can kind of jump in, Superman, Red Sun. You can just kind of jump in and get to know a character that way. We, I feel like we don't have a lot of that for Marvel. I mean, you can probably look at something like Spider-Man Blue, which I just got done reading. You know, you have Daredevil Yellow, Captain America White, Hulk Gray, all these colors that are also written by the some of those same people of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale who did Long Halloween, Dark Victory, Superman for All Seasons, they also wrote all those Marvel comics. But I feel like Marvel needs more of these where it's kind of outside of the main continuity or at least accessible enough for people to jump in. They tried a lot by, like, you know, launching a new run with uh, issue number one. But what I liked about this is that it's five issues. It's not very time-consuming. Yeah, I read these probably over the course of two or three days. Could have probably done it sooner. But what is so great about that is it's so accessible. You know, one of the things when I started getting the comics is trying to figure out, where do I start? Do I have to start at Spider-Man 1? Do I have to start at Fantastic Four 1, which kicked off the whole Marvel Universe in the comics? Or, what are some, maybe outside, that's why like Ultimate Spider-Man is such a good one, because back in the early 2000s, they relaunched Spider-Man with a whole new continuity and created the Ultimate Universe, where it was so easy for people to jump in. So this Kang story does that. This Kang story is great. We're going to talk about it. Here in a second. So we start with issue one of Kang the Conqueror, the 2021 miniseries. It's also dubbed the name. Uh, it's also dubbed as No One Else Left to 
conquer? Uh, no, that's not it. Only myself left to conquer is what the series is called. And in that series, it's written by Colin Kelly, Jackson Lanzig, with art by Carlos Magno. I had a really good quote here, and I, I wrote these reviews on the on the blog, and I'll be kind of sharing some of my thoughts that I also shared there, but I liked to highlight a line from the comic of each issue I was reviewing. So in that, uh, in this issue, I wrote, In the end, I am Kang. And at the beginning, I was you. That was a line that stayed with me after reading the issue. And while I was reading it, I, you know, I kept coming back to it. Because not only is it a very good line, it sets up the whole trajectory of the character Nathaniel Richards that we're going to meet in these opening pages. Kang tells Nathaniel Richards this when asked who he is. In the end, I am Kang, but at the beginning... I was you, which I thought was, you know, time travel is probably one of my favorite concepts, if not my favorite concepts in all of fiction. You know, growing up, my favorite movie was Back to the Future. It still is. That whole trilogy, by the way. And it stuck with me. It stuck with me in these in my most favorite things is time travel that it's like it's like that movie awakens something in me this curiosity right of time travel and what i really liked about that is there's so many different ways of time travel right there's the ones where you can change stuff there's the ones where it's predetermined everything always will happen the way it is whatever happened happened my favorite TV show of all time is is Lost, which also features time travel. But I also have some favorite series like 12 Monkeys, which is a huge, awesome time travel story. The TV show. I haven't watched the Bruce Willis movie. My favorite MCU film, Endgame. They go back in time, right? There is just this thing where like a lot of my favorite seasons of tv shows if a show does time travel it ends up being that season or one of my favorite episodes etc etc and that's just how it's always been it's just something that always sticks with me so when you have kang a marvel villain that is just so encompassing he's everywhere he's everywhere you can run into him at any stage of his life at any time and i think that's why this line in the end i'm kang but at the beginning i was you this is the same person here in this scene so of course we opened up with nathaniel richards who is in the 31st century is wanting more from his life he stumbles onto the library of dr doom who could also be one of his ancestors or descendants 
I guess, depending on how you're going to look at it, but I guess ancestors. And he goes up against a robot doom that was programmed to protect the library. And when it all seems to be over for our main Nathaniel here, who's just a boy, a man who's clad in purple and green with a blue-tinted helmet saves his life. And this is when he tells Nathaniel, in the end, I'm Kang. At the beginning, I was you. And it's almost this bootstrap paradox, right? Anybody know what a bootstrap paradox is? It's the it's the most fun paradox, I think. Um, you know, I'm rewatching Dark. If you haven't watched Dark, that is also a, a top show. On Netflix, is in German, so you have to watch other subtitles or dubbed. But that is quite a few bootstrap paradoxes. But what a bootstrap paradox is is when, like, if I was to go back in time and I hand you a watch that was given to me by my future self, and then I take that watch and I hold on to it and don't do anything with it, and then I go back in time and give myself the watch, where did the watch actually come from? At that point, it's fully always been in this loop. It was never created. It was always given to me by my future self, and I would always give it to my past self. So where did I get it? That's a bootstrap paradox. And, and what I wonder here is when Kang says, in the end I am Kang, at the beginning I was you, is this why he's called Kang later on, when he's going to take up the mantle of Kang the Conqueror? Is it because he already knew that's what he went by? It's not like he could change his name at that point, right? Like, that is... It might be a loose bootstrap paradox, but I think it might end up being one. But those are those are fun uh, paradoxes. Um, they've happened in, in other mediums and other shows as well. But Kang wants to kind of show Nathaniel everything about his life so he's gonna take nathaniel to the late crustaceous period one year to the date of the impending asteroid that would end all dinosaur life on the planet and he tells nathaniel he has one year to become kang he also takes nathaniel and shows him highlights or i guess you could say lowlights of his defeats at the hand of the avengers losing his love ravona renslayer you might remember her from the MCU as well. She is in Loki as one of the heads of the TVA. And he's urging Nathaniel to learn from his past mistakes. And he keeps telling him no love. Right? That's, that's one of the things when, he, when you see him lose his love of Ravona, It is you should never love. He is trying to make a change to his past self because of how his life has currently played out. Does this work? It doesn't seem so. And I think you would say history would say it shouldn't work. If this is the same Kang and if he remembers this, then he's always gone through this stage. But we get to a darker part here where Nathaniel's going to fall in love with a villager nearby, much to Kang's chagrin. He had already warned Nathaniel, as I said, that loving, loving anything is a weakness. But Nathaniel doesn't care. He wants to be able to warn the villagers of the impending asteroid. 
if time means nothing to Kang, then they can save everyone. This is his thought process. But Kang grows impatient and upset, and instead he's actually going to slaughter the villagers. And we'll come back to this scene in, like, issue five, and it's uh, four or five. It's a much different twist on it, which I really liked. Well, Nathaniel decides the night before the last day he's going to steal Kang's suit and he's going to become Kang and leave the original Kang behind, finally fulfilling his prophecy. But once he disappears, he's going to land in ancient Egypt, which is already under the leadership of a version of Kang known as Ramatut. Again, playing into this retcon that had once been established, they're building off of this history of when he becomes... Kang and when he becomes Ramatut and when he's Nathaniel it's all this great stuff so one thing that really stood out to me about the first issue is the prose was written so eloquently I really did like there's so many fun lines like I said that that line still sits with me I love a shirt that says you know in the end I am Kang but at the beginning I you know I was you that is such a good line for like a t-shirt the art was really great as well. And I rated the first issue 5 out of 5 stars. And what I did too was at the end of each issue, I would pause and write my little review. And then I would jump into the next issue. And so let's jump right into it. Kang the Conqueror issue number 2, which was also written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, with art by Carlos Magno. And the line that I picked out here was I would be his apocalypse, which stood out to me. This was, of course, a reference to the mutant apocalypse, but also to the concept of it. So I really thought that line played beautifully in the context. So let's jump into this issue. So like we had just said, we left off with Nathaniel, Nathaniel landing in Egypt during his variant or future self rama tut's reign and one thing that really worked for me in this issue was introducing another hero and it being moon knight right moon knight just came out on disney plus a year ago wow can't believe it's already been a year but yeah so so it's moon knight it's fun Especially when we reveal who Moon Knight was in this time. It was Ravona Renslayer. I really love this little twist. I really thought this was a great fun bit in issue number two. But during this is when Nathaniel starts to fall in love with this Ravona. And she believes that he is the one to destroy who she calls the Pretender. And his reign. The Pretender was of course referencing Rama Tut. Uh, also Nathaniel makes like a whole suit of armor, which is very similar to Iron Man. And I assume this is a neat reference to him being also known as Iron Lad, which is another Nathaniel Richards persona. Um, that's what I got from that bit. Uh, Nathaniel and Ravona are captured and Ramata is going to use the, a gun that somehow removes the will of Ravona and she is moved to his pleasure gardens. He then uses the same gun to mold Nathaniel as a soldier on his front line. So at one point, Nathaniel's going to yell at Rama Tut, and he's going to call him Nathaniel. Which I thought was interesting, but this leads to Rama Tut being very curious. 
and he even mentions that this is not something that he remembers. And he speculates if this is a new loop or an alternate version of himself, but he decides he cannot risk killing Nathaniel at all. So Apocalypse appears and tries to destroy Rama Tut. He doesn't win, but four years into Rama Tut's reign is also when the Fantastic Four fall out of the sky to defeat Kang. This is a reference to Fantastic Four number 19, which was the first canon appearance of Rama Tut. And he even uses the same ray gun, the gun that removes the will of the, of the person. Once the Fantastic Four defeat Rama Tut, Apocalypse destroys his empire, leaving not much left behind, leaving Nathaniel only one choice. Team up with Apocalypse to get revenge on Kang. And this is where that issue ends. So again, this is a very... This was another great issue. I only put this one at 4.5 out of 5 stars because it's a little... Like, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but I still really enjoyed this issue, and I thought it set up very well for a third issue here. So, issue three, the line that I highlighted was, Kang means nothing to Doom. I thought this issue was a blast out of these five, and this issue brings the time travel to the forefront and we get to see scenes from the second issue over again. We start this issue with Apocalypse sending Nathaniel to the future, and he lands in what seemed to me to be around the 60s. We get some radio snippets that are catching us up on the history of this universe, which is the formation of the Avengers, finding Captain America and Ice, and the Fantastic Four. And this is when a flying saucer arrives, and the Avengers face off against another Kang. Nathaniel uses this opportunity to sneak aboard the saucer and he comes face to face with his future self, Kang the Conqueror. Kang is confused and states that Nathaniel seemed too young to already be at this point, mentioning that he was 24 when he started his journey. Then Dr. Doom arrives, seeking revenge on Kang for all the things that Kang had yet to even do to him. Kang and Nathaniel team up and defeat Dr. Doom for the time being, but then Nathaniel betrays Kang and kills him. And he puts his plan in motion. Go back in time and replace Ramatut and save Ravona. So this is what he does. He goes back in time, he replaces Ramatut, he saves Ravona. And it works. He doesn't use the anti-will gun on her, but she but still sends his path his past self to fight the war like he was. He sends Ravona away, but he forgot about the Fantastic Four who show up and defeat him as Rama Tut. I thought this part was really fun, seeing some of these interconnectivity from other issues where things are still happening the same way, but also not the same way, right? We're getting him not using the anti-will gun, which does show that this is a different timeline, different set of events, but it ends the same way. The Fantastic Four defeating him. He's going to escape and he's going to go to the future and he lands even further forward than when he comes from. And he runs into another Ravona Renslayer. At this point, I was getting a little confused with all the Ravonas. 
but man, they knocked us out of the park when they, <laughs> when they, um, reveal this, right? When they make the reveal, this one was an increase again. So this, I had five out of five stars for this one. And some of the questions I had as I was reading was, you know, will we see a definitive ending for R. Kang or will it be more open note? Is it possibly the same Ravona or a variant? I didn't know. But it would all become clear as we enter Kang the Conqueror and number four as we hit the backstretch of these this the five issues. So the line I picked out for Kang the Conqueror number four is I loved you at the dawn of civilization. I love you at the end. Wow, I, I think this was my favorite issue probably of the whole thing and it's a great character driven issue which really studies the relationship between Ravona and Kang Nathaniel finally becomes Kang in this issue and naively ends up making the same mistakes his older variant had so this left off with Kang landing in the 40th century where he meets Ravona she has no recollection of him but she does remember a crater on how she arrived. The 40th century is a war-torn century. Nathaniel steals clothes from a soldier that they kill, but when he continues to try to make advances on Ravona, he is rebuffed. He finds the flying saucer we see in past issues and fixes it and travels through time. He forges the Kang suit and takes his name. He conquers. When he comes back around to the 40th century, it's 99 years after he had left. Another Ravona is a leader of his opposition. She has no interest in Kang. So he descends, uh, so he decides against his general's opinions. The generals are like, you gotta fight this war. He says, no, I'm gonna cede her land back to her. Which causes one of his generals to become a traitor and strike and he's going to attack Ravona, which Kang knew would happen. He was able to swiftly avoid it, or so he thought. He fights along the Avengers as a hero. He has the traitor dead to rights, but instead's, instead shows mercy. Mercy because this Ravona probably would have thought him a monster if not. But this gave just enough time for the traitor to strike Ravona down, just as he had been shown by his older self when he was a child. This, like, was mind-blowing. I really loved this part here. And it is here where he takes a vow that he will take a different path and find a way to bring Ravona back, but differently from how his older self had done, and this is where it ends on the issue. It was also this great two-page splash, you know, two, two pages, of, like, splash page where it takes up the whole pages, of Kang conquering and the various comic suits he has over time. I thought it was really great. Had to take a screenshot of it. And I rated this one 5 out of 5 stars as well. And when we're kind of diving into it here, what I thought was really interesting was that we even see his future self showing his younger self this scene in the first issue, but we also see it again from this perspective. We, you know, they're drawn in there where he's, you know, crying over Ravona and you see them come in and witness this. So, he, of course, he knew it was going to happen, but he didn't realize 
that it wasn't that time that he saved it that it was going to happen. It was afterwards when he shows mercy. I, I don't know. I just... It's so much fun. It's so much fun seeing the way that they layered this, and I really wonder how they, how they did this. You know, did they plan out all five first? I feel like they had to. So let's go into the last issue of this five-issue run, and the quote I picked here is, I dreamed of a conquest. I failed and fell back into time. This is a masterpiece book, all right? Again, this issue is great, too. The prose is beautiful, elegant, the art is magnificent, and the story is what I would call hauntingly special. This issue brings everything around full circle. We get to see the other side of issue number one with the grown-up Kang, which I always felt was going to be the end game of it, but I was surprised at how well they actually pulled it off. So in this issue, Kang creates Chrononopolis. He uses Ravona DNA to make a bunch of Ravonas and sends them throughout time. And these become the Ravonas that Kang and us, the reader, have interacted with throughout the first four issues. This was, I thought, a neat, tidy way of wrapping up this story. And it sheds more light on Ravona saying in issue four that she has no recollection of parents, just a crater she landed in. It's because she was sent out using the DNA, and she landed on this planet in this time, and that's all she knew. But Kang discovers throughout this task that he can never win her over. He, he is consistently rebuffed, but the one part of her himself, the one part of himself that she loves and will only love is the Nathaniel side of him. So that brings us back to the beginning. Kang arrives at a young Nathaniel. We then see to start to see everything over again, but this time from our older Kang's point of view. And he thought he had been in control of what he could do. He thought he could change things, but he became resigned to the fact that everything played out the same way. He begins to drink. And this wasn't something that we really talked about earlier, but in the first issue, that Kang is a drunk. The older Kang is drunk and young Kang or Nathaniel constantly mentions about how he's drinking and how he's like a slob, all this kind of stuff. So again, we're starting to see the similarities here. He still kills the villagers like he does in the first issue, but this time we see that one of them was the Ravona. And he realizes he had ruined his last chance to save her. So he drinks some more. And that night is the night when Nathaniel leaves, thinking he left Kang without his armor, but Kang was ready. He had a spare, and he leaves just in time before the asteroid hits and wipes out the dinosaurs. And he restates his new mantra to never love. And that was the, really the end. But it does look like it continues into Timeless Number 1 from 2021. And they also did a Timeless Number 1 for 2022, which I've read as, uh, as well. And Timeless Number 1 by 2021, we'll talk about it if you haven't read it real quick. I'm just going to talk about it. it. It continues the journey of the Kang we met kind of loosely. But one thing that is very fun, because there is just a short mention of Kang spending time in the Cretaceous period. But mainly this story is standalone. Kang is going to visit a historian who kind of idolizes Dr. Doom. And he brings him along for seven days 
to follow him across many years and time periods. And a highlight for me, just this is the only part I'll really say, is in the first meeting when Kang quotes a line from a book that the historian wrote, the historian said he had just written it down, but it had yet to even be published. So it was like something he had just wrote while Kang entered him. But that's written by Jed McKay, uh, McKay and art by Kev Walker. I, I implore you to read those as well. Timeless number one, 2021. Because uh, there's a timeless number one, 2022 as well. And what they kind of been using with that is because Kang is a time traveler. They kind of put in these hints of like the stories that uh, are going to be for the year of Marvel. Right? So there were some hints in Timeless 2022 for stories that are taking place this year in 2023. Same thing with Timeless 2021. They were hinting stuff like Judgment Day, uh, which was a big crossover on the comic side and, and stories like that. But yeah, I mean, I these five issues, I'm, I'm probably going to buy the trade paperback of it soon because I really enjoyed it. Thought it was a really great comic run. But yeah, I mean, just it's hauntingly beautiful, right? Like this, this him trying to change so much and realizing it's all for naught. And then when he realizes that he's kind of himself and he's kind of like an a-hole, right? And he kills the villagers and he realizes one of them is Ravona. It's like, I couldn't even do this right, right? Like, no, like she was one of the, that was my last chance at her. Like, I thought I'd gone through all of these. I thought I'd found them, and I, she kept turning me down, but there was this one. This was my chance to become Nathaniel again and leave Kang behind and be happy. But he couldn't do it. And he takes the wrong lesson away from it again as he's leaving. The wrong lesson, again, is never love. It's not maybe find someone else to love. It's I messed that up so much that Again, I'm telling myself, never love. It only breaks my heart. It makes drives them to drink, right? But it's so much fun. Uh, it, such a great series. I hope if you read it before you listen to this that you agree and you thought this was like an awesome five-issue arc. And again, it's something that Marvel needs more of for sure. And that about wraps up this Kang the Conqueror get to know. I think this these five issues are perfect when we're talking about what you need to know about Kane the Conqueror his history where he comes from the different roles he's played throughout time because I think we are going to see that as we transition to Quantumania I think we are going to get that I think we're going to get you know we saw He Who Remains in Loki I don't know if we're going to get flashbacks to other Kangs, or if we're just going to focus on this one Kang, and if he lives or if he dies, we know there's another Kang around the corner that's probably going to be hinted at in Quantumania at some point. But I'm really excited. I think it can be a really fun movie, and I think then we're looking ahead forward. Loki season two in the summer, I'm thinking that's going to tie in. Whether Jonathan Majors is in it a lot or not. It's definitely going to play in to the Kang experience, and we might get some quick shots of Kang or flashbacks of Kang. I'm not really sure, but it might also tie into Ravona, Renslayer. And, you know, the Ravona that we knew in Loki wasn't kind of his love, right? It was somebody that 
was being used, but now the TVA is completely set up differently from the end of Loki. So it could be that this next Ravona is a love interest of him. It could be anything. So, you know, th- those are the next two things. And then Kang Dynasty in 2025 is probably the next time we see him other than the, these two projects outside of maybe like end credit scenes or something building up more. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited for Kang. I got my Kang the Conqueror shirt. I'm going to rep it for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I'm going to be going this Thursday coming up opening night. And I'm all really pumped. I'm really excited. So the next issue, the next episode you're going to get is our Kang, I mean, <clears throat> our Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania breakdown, trying to get Jack Seepersod on here. He's been on the show tons of times, I'm trying to get him on because he's a huge Ant-Man fan, so we can fanboy over this movie. And then from then, um, I guess we'll be getting ready for Secret Invasion, so maybe we'll do a get-to-know Secret Invasion and kind of talk about the comic arc before we dive in i'm not really sure yet because we got i think we got a little bit of a gap here we got february i'm assuming secret invasions march or april and then we got guardians volume three in may uh but on the dc side of things because i also post those episodes on this feed we have shazam coming out in march so we'll be talking about that on elseworlds but you can also listen to it here on the feed but yeah, uh, if you want to give us a follow, you can follow us on Twitter at TOInfinitySaga, Facebook.com slash InfinitySagaBeyond, and I believe our blog is InfinitySagaBeyond.wordpress.com, and our Instagram, that's a good question, is TOInfinitySaga and Beyond on Instagram. And that's it. But I hope everyone has a great rest of their week as we build up to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Hope everyone's enjoying their rewatches or, you know, whenever you get to go to see the movie that you enjoy the first time, maybe see it two or three times. I don't know. (laughs) I'm probably only seeing it the one time so far is all I have planned. But I'm hoping to maybe squeeze another one in there or not. But yeah, so follow the blog for comic reviews, follow the blog for episode postings, Instagram, I've been posting some pictures of comics I'm picking up, a whole bunch of fun stuff like that. Follow us there, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you back when we talk Quantumania.